0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on the MVM Show. Don't forget to grab your coffee, grab your sweet tea, whatever you got. Sit back, relax if you're driving. Or whatever you're doing right now to enjoy the show. We got a special guest today from a long ways away. We got Jeff Bryan today with us, all the way from South Carolina. And we also got Travis and my co host, Thomas. So, uh, Jeff, thanks for coming today. Thanks for flying out here for this podcast.
2: Hey, it's always good to get together with brothers, especially when I'm out here visiting with family so I can get away from the mother in law, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) So, hey,
1: we're talking about turkey hunting today, guys, and uh, you don't want to toot his horn there, but I, I think you have some pretty good background in the turkey hunting world, and I got myself and Thomas here. Travis says uh, I would say good experience too, and you've been doing it for a while now. But mm-hmm. just kind of give us your backstory and like just just start from the beginning as far as, and then talk about you know your stuff with the channel and with your the show and all that good stuff.
2: Well, first of all, I was just kidding about my mother-in-law in case she ever listens to this. <laughs> she might. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, uh, you know, what am I doing in California? First of all, the good Lord put me together with one, one of one of you guys' uh, childhood friends and, uh, and Nicole. And, and so got married about 10 years ago. And I can't, I'm i having to come out here and visit family. So thank the Lord. I, I had some, some good hunting brothers out here. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Travis sitting over here with my brother-in-law. And we were fortunate enough to go probably on your first turkey hunt, what, nine, ten years ago, something like that, uh, towards the beginning of the marriage. Uh, we, you know, sometimes you just got to run to the hills, <laughs> 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 and, uh, and that's what we did. But um, I, I, it's, I've been fortunate to grow up in, in the woods of North and South Carolina, cutting my teeth, and, and uh, there's some aggravating animals over there that are, are kind of tough to hunt. And it's always kind of neat to come out here. They're a little bit more visible. And uh, the rios that you hunt here are a little bit different from the easterns, a little bit more uh, vocal. So it's good to come out here and, and hit a call and hear a bird gobble. But sometimes they don't come in. We went on a hunt yesterday morning and they didn't come in. But So we, uh, we grew up in the woods of the, of the southern United States. And, uh, and we've been fortunate to come out here and do some hunting in the, in the West coast, but we, we, uh, we started hunting those Southern birds and, uh, and they taught us a lot of good lessons and throughout, throughout deer and turkey hunting in the South, we, uh, we started carrying a camera around with us years ago and, and, and it's just been a good time. And we've, we've been with a, a, a good group called Midwest Whitetail. And that led us to start, uh, you know, Bill Winky was our mentor there. And that led us to start something of our own called Chasing Creation. And uh, the the mission and the passion has grown into getting kids involved with the outdoors. To make a long story short, I called a uh, organization called Cross Trail Outfitters. So that's the mission that keeps. We all love to hunt and fish, and then when you see other other uh, other kids getting excited and getting involved with it, I think I think everybody knows that across the country there's less kids getting involved and you know there's a there's a danger of our heritage being yeah. compromised there so right. i love what you guys are doing with getting the kids involved and and uh, you know that's part of our our goals and missions and, pa- and passions as well so uh passing on that heritage so that uh, our our youngins and grand youngins can can do the same thing that's
1: awesome that's yeah. awesome so you also uh now tell us a little bit about your show um uh, Chasing creation and kind of your platform there on the, the, TV sector and you know how'd you get started into that and what are you guys showing on that kind of stuff?
2: So we we started gathering a lot of footage from uh, from Midwest Whitetail actually and we started chasing creation at the local level there in North and South Carolina and we had a goal to keep pushing that and and to grow in that and so we went from the platform of a local channel to uh, the Pursuit channel. And oh, here wow. and here and here in the past uh, two years, that's transformed into Hunt Channel is one of the platforms, uh, Carbon TV, wow. and uh, another new one called Gen Seven Outdoors. And hey, we're trying to we're trying to learn and keep up with the times because times are, are changing. Mm-hmm. And you guys are, are nailing on that on YouTube and Instagram and, and 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 trying to be on these social media platforms where everybody wants that. We want that that quick fix you know yeah. we're, we're going yeah. down everybody's busy everybody's uh loving to get in the woods and sometimes we just don't have 30 minutes to sit down and watch a show so mm-hmm. you guys are nailing that and and of course youtube's one of our platforms that we're trying to learn as well you guys check him out it's just chasing creation right on youtube so for those
1: of you guys that are on on youtube that you watch us on youtube guys get on there and check Jason creation out Go, uh, he's got so much footage. We were talking about it. They've got incredible footage. They've went on so many hunts. So go check them out on YouTube and subscribe to their channel. And as well, they're on uh, Instagram and Facebook too. Are you on any other platforms besides that? That's the main ones that's right the main, there. Yeah, that's the same yeah. for us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, guys, we're not limited on time on these. That's, I've said that. Uh, this is our third podcast, so we're not too deep into this. But one of the things that I wanted to, this to be like is, we're not trying to cut it in 45. Not saying that we want to keep Jeff here all night, but it's like if there's stuff to talk about, let's get it, let's get it out on the table. And so we're talking about turkey hunting. Kind of want to give you guys the background of Jeff, and uh, we're gonna ask the questions. Like a lot of you guys know, if you know us very well from Mid Valley Mercenaries on our YouTube channel, you know that I am just breaking into the turkey game. Travis has been doing a while. You guys know him from the channel, and I just honestly, I just never went. I don't know what what my reason. I really, it's not. I just never had a reason. I just didn't go. But I went with Talon the other day. If you guys haven't seen that video, me and Talon went out. We didn't, we saw turkeys. We didn't get one yet, but that's all right because it's the fun and the chasing, chasing the game. So, first off, I'd like one thing I'd like to go over, to Jeff, is like you just tell him, like, give us a scenario, not a, necessarily a scenario, but let's just start out on a turkey hunt. We're going to get ready in the morning. What you take with you, what, how do you get the turkey, how you're calling them in, just that, just the whole scenario from, let's just say a successful hunt like from the gear you're taking all the way to the end of the hunt
2: well i think you'd ask me about my experience so i started turkey hunting a little bit later than the deer deer woods and uh i started about 17 when i was in high school and uh knew absolutely nothing and and there's some days still those turkeys will make you feel like you know nothing like you're a beginner and they have the mind of their own most times and uh but I started when I was 17 in high school, and um, I actually, a lot of times if you can find out where they're roosting and find out where they're feeding, you, you're, you're a step ahead. And you might can get between them. Even if your calling's not that great, you can use your woodmanship and, and bring one to the kitchen table. Um, but my first turkey, I, I found out where they were roosting, and we waited on them, and it was kind of like an ambush hunt. That's one style to do it, like you're you're hunting a deer, but the, fun, the really the really uh, uh fun thing on turkey hunting is to hear them gobble and try to reverse nature and call them in because the big gobbler is typically uh the man and he's calling the ladies to him and you're trying to turn all that around and coax him in a little bit farther to ease over your way to your setup uh to bring him home but uh, uh, you know, I, I'm looking here, I've, I've actually got my, I always like to bring my turkey vest when I come to California in April. Uh, we're here to visit family, but uh, that's one of the perks of, of, of visiting family <laughs> in California in April, to bring that turkey vest and slide to the hills, slide to east, which if you guys don't know, there's tons of public land in California, tons of opportunity. And me being an out-of-stater, it's a, one of the best opportunities in the country, uh, and the price of a California non resident tag, you can get a two day tag for sixty something dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's a really good deal for an out of stater. A lot of land and uh I, I I totally uh recommend anybody come out here and give it a try. A lot of good you got a lot of good Rios out here, the population's good. Everything's thriving. How do you
3: of- how do you compare California to North and South Carolina as far as hunting? Like I think sometimes people kinda get a like at least I know I do I I was thinking earlier, like, it would be fun to go to North and South Carolina to hunt, but it's totally different there than here. And I was kind of wondering if you have the same idea in your head. It's like, oh, it's a different state. It's out west. It's, you know, different. Like, how do you compare hunting back east compared to out here in California?
2: Well, you know, the first comparison would be the Rios here in California versus the Easterns uh, back in North and South Carolina. So in the scenery here, it, you know, you're hunting a lot of hills. I think your turkeys typically start in the hills, in the foothills of California, as you work your way up into the Sierra Nevadas. And I think the same way if you head to the west on the Pacific range here. So uh, you've got uh, you've got a lot of open ground here in the valley of California, start getting up into the oaks, into the pines. You start running into some birds and uh, <laughs> You know turkeys turkeys need more than a fence post typically unless you're in New Zealand to roost on. So um, you know back home there's a lot of dense hardwoods, a lot of dense pine plantations, and so you got you got woods and farm country everywhere there. <laughs> Uh, versus here, you know, you might run into the plains here. I call it plains, but the farm country here in the valley, then you start heading up into the trees, like I said, and you get to the turkeys. But an eastern bird, I think, can compare it, and I think it's kind of a, uh, a known thing there and where we're at. The southern... Uh, South Carolina turkey sometimes can just be a stubborn turkey. I mean, it's like, who who taught this? Who taught <laughs> this? Who gave this guy an education he's not here? not doing <laughs> what he's supposed to yeah, do. Yeah. Just, I hit a call, and the next time he gobbles, he's 200 yards the other way. So, um, you know, you hit him the right day, you might get him to come in, but, uh, I, I've faced a lot of stubborn turkeys out there and, and we faced a stubborn turkey here yesterday that hung up at 50 yards and went, and he gobbled 20 times and wouldn't come any closer. So.
1: Could you guys not just see him or get a shot or was it, and it wasn't open? Cause I mean, will you take a 50 yard shot on a turkey? Yes. 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 Okay. If you I don't kn- know the distances, yep, I mean,
2: right. If you know your, uh, your gun and you've got a, you've got a, you know, a good turkey choke, and you've patterned your gun, and you're using a good turkey load, which, uh, you know, my go-to load, uh, there's been several different brands, but I always like using uh, number fives. And uh, so if you know your loads, know your shot, pattern that thing. Uh, we you have shot the confidence out, with it, I guess. Yeah, huh? yep, yep. Yeah. Get your confidence, do your practice, and you might get shoot a turkey at, at 50 to 60 yards. Uh-huh. So did what? You just guys didn't have a clear shot or something on him, or that's exactly we never we never saw the tip of the head. Oh, so I gotcha. he was just it was just one of those places where it dropped off and he got hung up. He was where he wanted to be, and I believe he was in some in some grass that was lower than where we were at. We uh-huh. were in an area that was burned about was it two years ago, so this area is thickening back up, and we just needed to be a little bit farther down into that uh, open area. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Okay. So if you go out
1: like on a, let's say a morning hunt, what are you, what's the first thing you do? You're driving out there and you're going to try to locate the turkeys. What, like, what do you, how are you locating the turkeys? What's your first
2: thing you get going on that? So typically if I'm home in the South, uh, they're a little bit quieter birds and you might, uh, you might go out and you might hit an owl call that morning. You might even hit a a coyote howler. Why is that? Like, I mean, What? (laughs) A hot turkey in the spring, you know, you go out and you hear that whippoorwill starting out in the morning. And he's... <whistles> and then you hear an old uh you know an owl barreled owl hit a hit a call and then you'll hear an old gobbler in the background what just, is that he's there everybody's just all of they're them just, just all like, talking they're waking up okay. and, and it's like a an owl will wake one up and you can do the same thing uh here in california yeah that's what talon did, uh, yeah, what talon did. and mm-hmm. i was like oh. yeah and sure enough i mean as soon as he was done doing that mm-hmm. owl call it was yeah. they were calling yeah and i'm sitting here looking at my uh my crow call if if nothing's talking, you can hit a hit a crow. They'll answer a crow a lot of times, and that's a good locator call to use. What's on what's that? It. Well, you, you want to do a little demonstration? You, on yeah, I better blow it away from yeah, the yeah. That's Nike fine. A little bit. So, okay. uh, and you can do that with your uh, your call, or you can just you know you can learn it with your mouth. A lot of people use owls and and, and crows with their mouth, and and just something loud. I've heard them gobble, but car door slamming. Really? And I've been out west before, and, and they wouldn't answer anything else. When we'd be get, getting ready to get in the truck, my dad just clap his hands. <laughs> really? <laughs> and so, you know, just something something to get them to shotgun or to locate them. And then, you know, I don't want to pull that turkey call out until I get into a place uh, I feel comfortable in calling them in to where I have the advantage. So, so what's that? Yeah.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, how far is that range? Like how close do you want to get before you set up and start calling?
2: and that depends a lot on the terrain and where we were hunting yesterday those turkeys could see for a mile so you almost have to use the terrain or a hill to kind of sneak around one side of the hill maybe depends on the lighting if you're there early and a birds gobbling like those yesterday in the dark you can cover you know close the distance we got to 150 yards of the bird and saw him strutting and gobbling on the limb and saw him fly down (laughs) So uh, it all depends on uh, how good he can see back home in the dense woods or even here maybe in some of those dense oak uh, uh, hills that you got here. You can sneak around, use cover, and and get kind of close. But i say on, on, on an average deal, you wouldn't want to get too much closer than 150, 200 yards. Hmm.
3: Do turkeys typically form like a habit <clears throat> as far as where they roost? Like do they stay on around the same, the same area or same tree unless they're – pushed out or spooked out or something like that
2: i think that's another difference in uh, hunting out west here than at home they at home they'll hunt they'll they'll kind of roost on for the most part they'll roost in a general area you might can kind of get on top of a hill and you could hear that bird within two or three hundred yards of it it's kind of his core area but out here it does seem like they kind of tend to roost in the same tree or the Mm. the same really tight a really tight core area they get comfortable if they're not pressured and you know that's that's the difference in hunting a a, some a bird that's really pressured and um the one that's not if it's not pressured he's probably going to go back to that same core area maybe even the same tree like we've seen before out here
1: so once you get them located now you got them located you're moving into your 200 yards or 150 yards whatever it is set up what's the next and it's dark still i I would imagine right mm-hmm. pretty much still mm-hmm. what's your next step now
2: yeah so a lot of times uh i would try to get in a place that would be above the turkey and uh and and try to call him uphill okay i, I don't <laughs> want to
1: interrupt you there but i heard that what is yeah. it they said you want to get a turkey coming up they won't go downhill
2: what i've seen them come downhill to us but uh for the most part It just seemed like you have the advantage. I think, you know, they can see so good. Uh, It seems like
1: you... So it's more kind of to hide, not necessarily they want to go up and set it down.
2: Yeah. And it, it might depend on where they're feeding. If you know, if you've watched some turkeys and patted them and seen they're going from a roost area and they're heading mm-hmm. down to, to a particular farm or cow pasture to feed, then uh, your best spot is to get in between those uh, the roost and the feeding area and then hit your calls. Okay. Um, but uh, in in the situation example again yesterday, that feeding area was below, so they actually went downhill. Hmm. But if I'm, if I can on most uh, situations, I'm going to try to get above them and set up and, yeah. uh, and, and you, you can kind of get a feel after, uh, after some years hunting them when fly down time is. Another okay. difference of a Western bird. It seems like they'll fly, they're they can see better. It's more open, and they'll fly down a little earlier than uh, than back back in the uh, wooded uh, hills and terrain of the South, because mm-hmm. you know the predators come into play. They want to be able to see the ground good before they pitch down and fly into a uh, coyote's mouth, <laughs> so to speak. So you've
3: been talking about morning hunting mostly. Is is afternoon or evening
2: hunting pretty much out of the question with turkeys? If you're in a state where the law allows you can hunt them all day, then, uh, then your best chance to kill one is, is not on the couch. Right. So, so just being out there in the woods and a lot of times, uh, I've found, and it's, it, it, all depends on the weather. It all depends on the year, but I have found that, you know, especially early season that, um. Hunting in the afternoon could be, can be very um, productive. And you get out there and get a bird actually talking back to you and gobbling in the afternoon. It seems to me, and, and a lot of people I've talked to that spend a lot of time in the turkey woods, if you can get him to respond in the afternoon, I think it's because a lot of times they're, they are a um, girlfriendless in the afternoon. <laughs> I think the hens yeah. have wandered off and done their own thing, and they're lonesome, they're trying to get back with the flock. And um, if you can get one to talk to you, you got a good chance of him coming in in the evenings.
1: Okay, so going back to the morning, you got you're now you're set up. When are you, what's the next step you're taking? I mean, are you waiting? Are you calling to them before they come out of the roost, or to let them know you're there?
2: Is it a kind of a? I think uh, that's kind of always. Uh, you're always trying to weigh your options, and that's a cool thing about turkey hunting is every situation and every turkey can be different and you kind of got to gauge their uh, their temperature i would say see how hot they are if it's a bird that's only gobbling a little bit you might you might let him hit the ground if you're in that place between roost area and feeding area um then you might uh, you might play it a little different. Now most most of your professional turkey callers that talk talk to them for a living, talk to them for for a business, and, and can really speak the language. I would say for the most part, they're going to hit a turkey call when when they're up there on the limb okay. because they feel confident uh, uh, to talk to them. But I would say a good general rule is to let them know uh, that you're there with a couple light clucks and yelps which they call tree yips, and that's just, you know, if you're within that 150 to 200-yard range, the lightest call you can do on your, uh, whether it's a mouth call, box call, or a friction call, slate call, or glass call, uh, the lightest call you can do uh, to let them know you're there might kind of just perk their ears up and, and make them decide to come your way when they fly down.
1: Hmm. Okay. Do you have, what, would, what would you do like it for
2: calling on that? So I would just start off with a couple of clucks. Just to say, hey, hey, I'm over here and I'm, I'm waking up, and y- you might want to come my way, big boy, you know,
0: <laughs> type of deal. <laughs> so
2: it would just be something to this effect.
1: That's it. Super yeah. light. Yep. You're just basically, you're letting me know you're there. That's it. Okay. No. Now and now, for volume wise, is that kind of that's you would want to be light. As is that light. light, light as you can? Light as I can. Now, are you wanting him? Are you wanting him to hear you call like back to? Him? Do you want to hear that return so he? Okay, he knows I'm calling. Yeah. Is that what you're wanting? Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. If he if he answers you, you're 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 saying okay. I know he heard he me. He knows. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's he's fired up. He's uh, his temperature's pretty hot, and and uh, Mike, uh, I'm gonna get aggressive with him more than likely. Okay.
4: Let me interject here. Um, yeah. One thing I noticed is when Jeff, well, yesterday when he started calling, he started calling so lightly that I'm thinking the turkey's not going to hear it. Mm-hmm. I thought I could barely hear it, but it's amazing how well those birds can hear. Mm-hmm. Um. At one point, we were up on a hill, and it was at least, I would say, a mile? Yeah. A mile and a half away from these turkeys, and he hit this call, and you could hear them gobble, plain as day, that far away. Over a mile. Over a mile. You're kidding mm-hmm. on that right there? Yes. And so it's amazing that how well those birds' ears are attuned, wow. and you wouldn't think that, you know. And it, it was just something that w- that was amazing to me. So, um, usually before I, what I would notice, that I would do is I would start out at a very high mm-hmm. volume, mm-hmm. and that's probably not the best scenario, like you said. Start out, start out lower. So I, I learned something just watching him. Wow, you know. Did you
1: just learn that yesterday?
4: I've seen it before but you know you forget. It's been kind of. a while you kind of forget mm-hmm. about it, you know. A wow, so, that's yeah. insane. So I just wanted to interject that. And in,
1: in uh, unless, so that brings another question to my mind. If that's if they're that hearing, you really need to sneak if you're going to get into your 150 200 yards, then you really need to sneak in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just traipse in there. If they can hear that good, right? Cuz they're hearing you coming then. Right?
2: Yeah, That's right. Mm. And they hear wow. deer, they hear deer and and coyotes and things walking around. So they spoot. Yeah, but uh, you know, if you get to the point of of a bird, you know, a lot of times these gobblers, just like yesterday, will hang up on you. They'll come. They're used to calling the girlfriend into them. Yeah. So they'll 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 come in. They'll they'll get fifty yards out a lot of times and hang up. So I'm trying to be really quiet because I really want him to think I'm farther away than I am. So he may he may fly down in my lap. Okay. Yeah, you know, it doesn't happen every day. Roasted definitely is not roasted as some of the old uh professionals say and that's that's the true story but uh, i'm trying to get real light so that uh, we can maybe pull him a little closer
3: now are you throwing a decoy out
2: or any anything like that or or no decoys are uh are are great in the right situations i would say and and um we found in the south we just can't throw them up in the middle of uh you know a dense the dense wood cover why i don't know it seems like we have better luck and you've got a lot of t- opportunity out here in the open uh, to, to use them but uh, at home on a roadbed or a field edge seems to work better um, but just in the middle of some dense woods which there's not a a, a whole lot of that up here um, I guess you can get some some large pines that's been burnt out which burnt burn areas are great uh, it, it attracts turkeys if you can find some national park that's been burnt uh, is it because of feed? I think it's because uh, you know you you clear out all that thick underbrush. Everything's open now. Um, as far as scratching, they can they can get to the food. They can get to some seeds that's left over. You know, there's there's going to be new growth popping up in there. That's uh, this just highly nutritious for them, and it's just a an area they love to get in and and scratch and strut and do their thing.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Now let's say these birds come down in the morning and plan doesn't go how you want it they're working off in a different area they're not interested you know what's what's your plan are are you able to relocate are you able to set up in a different way and and call again or try to ambush then or Mm -hmm. what's your what's your plan what's your best plan there
2: yeah, if uh, you know, a lot of times the scenario you're talking about is a is a tom turkey that, or two or three tom turkeys that are with a, you know, maybe early season that are with a flock of hens, and they're just following their girlfriends. They're at the mercy of the girls, and the girls are the main thing on their mind is is feed and eating, so they're heading towards the food most likely and uh, area that they they live out there and they work that area every day, so they know where it's at if you've got birds like that, it's good to lay eyes on them and kind of get a pattern and, and you see them going the other way and you say, okay, I know, I know where they're going. And you make a big circle around and you get between uh, them and the food. I, th- I would say a lot of times, but if you can hang around a flock that's vocal and a lot of times early season, the hens will be vocal and, and the birds, uh, you know, uh, in a in a, in a lot of situations, you'll have a gobbler fly down and you might not hear him the rest of the day. You're like, "Where is he at man and and he's got he doesn't need to gobble. he just shuts up he huh? shuts up, but you might get him to shot gobble, but if you can stay near the flock and hear the hens seems like the hens might be more vocal. You could stay with the flock, you can get a plan, and turkey huntings all about strategizing and and improvising so mm-hmm. so you he comes out of the tree
1: i mean what's your best scenario there in the morning? Coming right at you basically just straight out of the roost, or sometimes will they drop straight down. I mean, kind of what's a normal? I mean, I guess not normal because he probably is different every time. But it is. I mean, what? Just
2: give us a scenario. best case scenario. Yeah, classic case, turkey hunt. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, like yesterday, if that bird would have would have not hung up fifty yards, he pretty much came to us. Uh, five or ten minutes after fly down, right up, right after the, he came out of the roost, and I thought it was gonna happen. I, I thought it was a done deal. I mean, he he was closing the distance. We weren't very far from him at all, and uh, he was coming up the hill. Uh, came hundred yards, stopped at fifty. He was where he wanted to be. He didn't want to come any closer, obviously. And and uh, it's it, 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 frustrating, you huh? know. It, it, we're like, man, these turkeys. Are tall. <laughs> but last Saturday we were on a youth hunt in North Carolina, and, and, and it was just a classic turkey hunt. We uh, went to an area where we a general area where we know they roost. We set up in a little field. Uh, there was probably four tom spread out over uh, um, probably two or three hundred yards and uh, there were some hens going crazy in the middle of all of them. Well, one of the two-year-old birds decided to get sneaky and, and snuck off from the, the, the Kings. And he slipped in on us into our little field and strutted right into it. And he gave us a warning gobble uh, before he popped out into the field. So uh, we knew where, knew he was coming, which was good with a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old that never turkey hunted. And, and so uh, they were able to get their guns up and be still. And and we had, in that scenario, we had a Jake standing over a breeding hen. They were Avian X decoys. And we had a, a feeding hen. So we had two hens and a, a Jake out, and when he came out and saw that, he went into strut and locked in like a, you know, he just reeled in like you were, uh, like you were fishing and reeling him right straight into the decoy. Mm-hmm. So that was a classic turkey hunt. Probably, I mean, it it still took him an hour, it still took him an hour to get in. Oh wow! And. He uh he didn't talk a whole lot because he was a 2-year-old and he said I'm going to sneak over here and I hear I've heard these girls up on the hill and I'm going to sneak in and not let the big boys know where I'm going mm. and uh and he got away from the main flock. So that can happen and that was a classic turkey hunt that morning and uh those are the fun ones and and especially when a 10-year-old bags his first turkey. So That's awesome. Yeah. Man. How
1: do how do you know how do you know that was a 2-year-old turkey? I mean like the beard, and like, how, how is that? I, you know, I wouldn't yep. know that. I mean, when, how long does it take to get eight inches? I mean.
2: Right, and a lot of times you can't tell by the beard, and you go by the spur length, and, and uh, you know, I don't know that it, you could say it's exact science, but you can get pretty close. A lot of times a, a, a Jake turkey that was born last spring, you call him a one-year-old, and he might have a, a quarter to half-inch spurs. As a two-year-old, he he probably he's probably gonna have three-quarter inch spurs. That that bird last week had like seven-eighth inch spurs. Wow. Typically, an inch spur would be a three-year-old, and, and then you can get on up. I, we saw a turkey uh, that was taken in that youth tournament last week. It was like a it was like an inch and in, um, I think it was about an inch and three-quarter spurs. So <laughs> it was a, that was an old man.
1: So you're kind of not really knowing age until they're yeah. dead on the ground.
2: Yeah, and I mean, hey, I'm all for those those kids, man, they could have shot. Not that shoot. it matters. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. don't those, matter to me. Right. right. That. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna, At, especially, I'll shoot a Jake on right now. <laughs> they uh, they the, they're the you know, like a deer. They're the best eating, the young ones. <laughs> but you know, after you've been doing a while, if you're looking to shoot a Tom, you can tell when he's coming in by full fan and uh his beard. You can tell by a beard, at least that he's a two-year-old, if he's got a beard that's, you know, seven to ten inches long, typically. Um, Okay. And that that Jake beard just kind of sticks out like a pencil. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, um, I had a big question.
1: This is something I've been wondering for a while. We had mentioned it before we started rolling this podcast. Where do the turkeys go in winter? What are they doing? I mean, what are they doing i don't even know how to ask that question other than what are they doing where are they at because it seems like you never see them around here i don't know about at home where you're at but it's like you just don't see them anymore you don't
2: hear them i mean what are they doing yeah they they typically um uh, they typically flock up and they're and they're all about getting fat and and we see them we do see them back east when we're we do a lot of deer hunting there and um uh, November December October November December and and you'll see a flock of um, at home you typical to see 20 to 40 in a flock some wow. areas that are uh, a little bit more populated I've seen I've seen out west uh in certain states I've seen up to 3 400 birds together some people probably see more but the, you know they get in big flocks in in that time of year and they hang out and they're very sociable and you might see um, you might see a group of uh, old toms hanging together, being kind of like a group of bucks, a uh, bachelor group of bucks before the rut comes on. They're old boys hanging out together, and they're all buck-
1: the toms together, or just a mix of everybody, toms and hens. You'll see a
2: mix of everybody, but then you'll see a mix of the the toms kind of hanging out together, and 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 you do see a lot a lot more separation there. Or at least I have uh, a big group of hens and maybe a big group of gobblers during the off season, but. It, it is amazing how sometimes they can go underground and uh, uh, but but they they're going to have to talk and they're going to have to get visible when the spring rolls
1: so they're pretty much doing everything the same it's
2: just they they're just
1: grouped up maybe not calling somebody. are they not calling as much either Quite. Much? i don't
2: i don't think they're especially the gobblers not as vocal but on a uh on a warm uh, fall morning sometimes it, it's amazing we we have heard gobbling in the fall huh. so we've heard them gobbling and in Typically, you're going to hear the hens uh, a lot more during the during the fall, oh, I got you. and and the gobblers are a little bit more quiet. So you've been hunting for
3: quite a while now. Um, everybody usually has one or two hunts that kind of stick out. That for some reason that you remember something crazy might have happened, or something special came together, or something that you didn't expect happened. Uh, you got any? Turkey hunts like that. <laughs>
2: oh boy! <laughs> get the
3: only, coffee, only boys. everyone <laughs> get
2: the coffee out. <laughs> I told Travis on the way over here. I said, you know, there's, there's a lot of times, especially here lately. Uh, sometimes, if it wasn't for bad luck, you know, you wouldn't have any luck. And, and, and <laughs> oh wow, we've been. Uh, we've I can been think blessed. of somebody like that. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we've been blessed with uh you know, a lot of good luck over the years. And I believe if you go enough. And you, you'll create you, your own luck <laughs> you, you increase your chances yeah. and that's sometimes how we we can have good luck is just to go a whole bunch but one particular story yeah jumped right out at me when you said that and back in south carolina there's a there was a good little property we hunt near our house and and we're right there on the south carolina line so we get to take advantage of both states and it was the first week of the turkey season <laughs> and uh, we were at one of our little go-to spots and there was a it was one of those wet Cold winters that lasted right up to spring, so the birds were kind of still flocked up, and and we couldn't do much with the toms, but uh, we were watching these birds. They were visible in about a ten acre field, so ten acre field was just big enough for them to kind of skirt around us a couple of days. We would set up on one side of the field, of course they wouldn't come in, and they would be on the other side. And then the next day, the <laughs> same that we went to the side they were at, and they'd be on the other side. Mm-hmm. So we 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 started kind of putting two and two together and we said man these turkeys they're going to the same place they're starting on different sides but they're ending up over there at that barn with the farmers feeding the cows Mm -hmm. you know he's been feeding hay over there all winter and and uh they're finding seeds and different things in that hay and they're eating and so that third day we said all right we're going to set up at the barn (laughs) two hours after daylight we should be good that's where that's where they're heading no matter where they start so we set up at the barn and uh, they fly down they're doing their thing and we said man they're coming there's three toms out there eight hens they're they're working this way slowly but surely here they come my dad's filming i'm I, I got the gun and we're sitting we're sitting on the edge of the fence right there at the barn and they're coming straight at us 300 yards 200 yards 100 yards it's it's you know i'm already thinking about taking it to the house you're
3: thinking about the meal uh, after you shot yours and i said yeah
2: (laughs) we're about to do an interview with this turkey uh, and it was that particular morning in south carolina you can hunt on sundays so we were getting a little easter sunrise service there before church (laughs) i said man we're gonna be at sunday school smiling this morning (laughs) showing pictures yeah showing pictures talking happy got got lunch gonna be waiting on us so here they come about 100 yards out and all of a sudden the turkey you know, the turkey starts flopping first and then I hear the sound. So it's a hundred yards out, I see it oh, flopping, and oh, then I hear the no. boom. Oh <laughs> man. I said, What? And I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at this go down and I'm like, Man, the Space Invader just what happened? I don't know what happened. And I looked, Your brain couldn't even register it. It was no. so <laughs> Wait, I, said, no, I haven't
3: I, shot yet.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: I'm i are
3: looking did, at your do, gun.
2: I didn't do that. <laughs> a sniper. You're looking oh, like,
3: You're what? looking back at your dad I'm seeing like, whether he yeah. shot.
2: <laughs> dad, did you tr- sneak <laughs> one in on me with a rifle or what happened? Oh, so the bird's man. down there flopping, and uh, we see this uh, guy in a ghillie scoop, suit pop out, and uh, <laughs> he's on one knee. Was his name it, Matt Walls? No. <laughs> 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 it could have been. <laughs> That's back when he lived in Ohio, I guess. <laughs> So the guy comes out on one knee and he looks to the left and he looks to the right and, uh, you know, obviously he, – he, he heard he, – he, he well, he, he might have thought – did, did he, he know you guys here? were over there? Didn't he? I don't think he. I don't think he knew, but he knew he wasn't supposed to be there. Oh, <laughs> oh was it private property? We were on private property. You had that. Yeah. You uh, had uh, permission on. We we were Pits on. the ghillie suit. Yes, he he had the ghillie <laughs> suit on. <all. laughs> the did things guys, that did. you guys do? stand uh, up and no, like? Now, now, hey, now this is. We're still <gasps> trying to register this, and my dad's filming every bit of this. Okay, so <laughs> did you zoom we zoom up can, on his face. We can go back and watch this. <laughs> so, oh no! So uh, yeah so dad's filming we look at each other and we just we're like what in the world and dad zooms in on this guy and he's looking left he's looking right <laughs> and he kind of he kind of kind of sneaks just, out to the turkey and puts his foot like on his head. Like nobody just yeah. heard that nobody shot from heard the 12-gauge. He yeah. puts his foot down on his head because the turkey's still flopping. And, and we say, we got we to go down there, man. What just happened? So we walk down there to the guy, and, and he sees us coming. And here we are walking. I'm walking with a gun. Dad's got a camera. And this guy's got his face mask on. We say, hey, man. We thought he would run. He walked over there to us, and and of course he left his face mask on, and and we said, "Man, uh, what's the deal here? You you know, how did you, why, why are you hunting down here?" And Dad's filming it, and and oh. we said we said, oh, uh, "You mind taking that mask off?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> matter of fact, I do. <laughs> uh, and uh, come to find out, man, he was just. <sighs> He said he was on his way to church and he had some. Oh. <laughs> you know,
0: you know. I haven't eaten in oh, three days. Geez. Yeah, I bet he was.
2: He <laughs> said he had some friends that lived up there at the road that told him they heard turkeys back in there, and and he said, uh, "Man, I, I'm I'm sorry." And we said, "Well, you know, this is this is unfortunate welcome, for us." Welcome to Candy Camera. This is going on TV, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it? Did it air? So, so we aired that on the local station there in oh, North and South oh, Carolina, but no. but. For 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 good Lord's sake, we covered his his face. Oh almost. oh, he ended up pulling the mask off. Then <laughs> he pulled the mask off, but uh. we, we blacked him out. So <laughs> we said, "Man, Dude. you don't have did permission he, did to you be tell here, him? here. Don't don't come back." You know, he, he was a nice guy, a nice yeah. kid, but. uh you know who, who does that happen to i mean Dude, really jeff my- bryant that's who it happens yeah. to <laughs> titus headings that's, that's, that's a t- just t- awesome <laughs> that
1: was on camera ever heard
2: hey <laughs> that's great yeah that was awesome so if you hunt you hunt long enough then uh you know i guess it's it's good to have and some that's funny, funny too stories. because
3: how many days beforehand had you been hunting those turkeys that there? was our third morning. <laughs> you're but, there three I mean, days good. and then the day yeah, you you the got day. them in the bag Right. This yeah. guy just happens to show up.
2: It's like uh it's like a couple of weeks ago we were watching these four gobblers in the field, same deal. And and finally after 3 or 4 days we kind of figure out what they're doing. Oh, they're coming and going out of the same corner. And uh the day we can go down there and finally hunt them, the farmer goes down and 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 decides to fertilize the field. And he said, "Yeah, uh I saw them out here when I got here to fertilize, but, uh, yeah, I, r- I ran them out of the field right before we get there. So we needless to say, we didn't see those turkeys that evening. <laughs> oh so you need, you need a good, a, lot, a little bit of a, a bad luck along the way. So you can have a story or two.
4: Jeff, I have a question. Um, so you have several different calls here. You have your box call, you have your glass uh, slate call, and you also have mouth calls. Um, can you kind of talk about like, when you use your box call, you know, when do you use each call? Um, you obviously have one that you probably prefer more than the other ones. But um, can I talk about that? I mean, because turkeys have incredible eyesight. That's right. Sure. Um, I know a, a gentleman that's hunted. He's in his 80s, and he's hunted all over the world and killed. He he's claims he's killed you know 9,000 turkeys. A thousand, and he yeah. probably has because he's hunted in, in, was it New Zealand, I believe? mm mm-hmm. It um, was basically almost no limit. He probably um, killed five hundred there. Yeah, but he claims that they can see you blink your eye at hundred yards, and I wouldn't be surprised. If I've had some experiences where the turkeys—I mean, you don't think you even moved—and for whatever reason, they just hang up and they—they they zero in on you, and you know, beyond a shadow of doubt, that they see you. So, kind of talk about your different calls, because um, obviously, if they—if they can't see you, then you know that you may be more likely to use one call over another call. So, kind of talk about that. Exactly. You know, and there's that range when they when they break that fifty yards. Where you don't want to be going on your slate so
2: much because
4: they're going to see your hand motion.
2: Exactly, that's a great point. And it, it, I reflect back to last week when that bird hit the field with those two youngsters. I mean, I spent the next two minutes saying, "Don't move! Don't move! Don't move! Don't move! Don't move no, don't move!" <laughs> I mean, you know that's that's, not- that, that's the that's the key with turkey hunting, and and you you learn that you really have to just learn that the hard way. That, that one time you go and he's coming in and you, you make one little move and he, you know, it's over. He starts putting and it's over. That's kind of the best uh, teacher for you in turkey hunting. And I think everybody has to learn that lesson. But turkey 101, you're going to wear your, you're going to, you're going to cover up all your skin. Any anything that you, and you're not gonna wear, uh, you're not you're not gonna wear blaze orange. You're not gonna wear, uh, one of these cool mid valley mercenary hats with the red <laughs> lid on it. You're yeah. not gonna you're gonna wear the <laughs> mid valley too. Yeah, yeah. You Everything
1: you want you want green. You yeah. want camo everywhere. Yeah,
2: I know some guys like that trespasser that wore a ghillie suit, right? Mm. So any way you can blend in a little bit better, uh, the you know that's the way to go. And gloves, face mask if you can if you can cover everything but your eyeballs first of all as far as uh, turkey 101 you that's got
3: camo contacts you man i need to get hey, some that, of those there's some <laughs> there's something right there let's write that that's down that's what's been happening man they're you got seeing too much my, white around they're your, they're your blue are seeing that white
2: in my blue eyes right there <laughs> goodness but yeah you're right but cover everything up and uh sometimes you know we're filming all of our hunts so if that's I, an issue right there alone uh, carrying yeah, that camera yeah. gear you got that right do, mean, you, do you literally trying to
1: put cam on every single piece of your camera i mean like, or, what you got set up right there is that pretty much good enough work. yeah yeah i got myself good
2: you got my setup over here and black's good but i, I still try to uh break up the all the black you know that camera we have and tripod everything's black so i'll i'll run a little bit of camo netting um over over things and it helps the cameraman hide a little bit too getting behind all that stuff but uh covering up is definitely turkey 101 and and you'll learn the hard way most of the time how great they can see so uh you want to do all your moving before they get there you want to have your gun in the general direction they're coming if you're in a in a place where there's some big trees, you might have opportunity to move when they go behind them, but you don't want to make any moves. And uh, and if, if they're in range, you can get away with a, a quick move and a boom, but you don't want to do one of these moves like you're deer hunting and just moving your gun slowly They'll over. They're, they're going to pick it up. Wow. So you got to make that quick move, and it, it's best if they're behind the tree and, and you're ready to go, You're ready to rock and roll when they come out. <clears throat> but as far as uh, the calling goes, Travis, to Travis's point, one of the best ways to limit all your movement is to get really good and spend time uh, when you're riding down the road with a mouth call and, and getting proficient in that. The Grand National Calling Championship uh, and I've, I've been fortunate to watch the past two years that the NWF puts on in Nashville. Uh, a lot of these guys in the Grand National Championship, they're all using mouth calls and uh, those guys can talk as light or as loud as they need to with those and obviously if you're turkey hunting, you don't have to make any movement Uh, and you know, your, your face is covered with a face mask and you're making those calls with your mouth. That's the, that's the way to go. Um, if you don't have confidence with that mouth call, there's a lot of times one of my go-to calls is a friction call and I've got a dead end game calls glass call that I'm using right here. And, uh, I use that a whole lot. And I'll I'll talk to them. You can talk to them loud or soft on that. You can do some really good purring on that, which is a contentment sound. Some light clucks and purring. They can might, you give us some demos of some of that while you're as you're going through them? Yeah, and they and they might not uh, a turkey might hear that sound and just say, Hey, there's a flock of hens over there that are feeding, and and and. That's something you can do when they get into that 50 yard, or 150 to 100 yard hang up area, and and as far as as far as doing that cluck and that purr, that contentment sound, uh, sometimes I and I know folks that will. Actually scratching the leaves before they even hit a turkey call uh, from a hundred yards in, and I've I've actually uh, I've actually seen a turkey strutting in a in a hardwood ridge in North back in South Carolina and not even hit the turkey call. i just scratching the leaves, and he he hears that. And if you can emulate a hen scratching in the leaves feeding, he'll come over there and check it out. Really? sometimes so that kind of helps pull them in when they're in that that close uh, killing zone. But wow. uh, just some light clucks. You had a little scratching in the leaves with that, and uh, that's a good tactic when they're close in. What are you talking about? The purring now—that's what, what does that sound like? So it just—it was kind of like your, you know, it was kind of a cluck, and you just roll it into a. And so that's a light purr. Then sometimes you'll have a, then uh, when they get really aggressive. And uh, and a and a bird might get into a fight. You'll hear some toms doing a.
1: That's the toms doing that.
2: Yeah. Really. So you can emulate a tom doing a fighting purr. So, oh. but when you're trying to get that gobbler in, uh, uh, you know, do that like like clucking and purr and scratching the leaves. If you if you've got two hunters and you got legal tags and and you shoot a tom you're lucky enough to shoot a tom and you have another tom standing there confused he might be a subordinate tom that's gonna he might come back and jump on that flopping tom and that's a good call to use at that point maybe even to bring him back in as that fighting pearl
1: so in his mind that's kind of a challenge type thing even though he's technically
2: dying i mean he's dead (laughs) right right yeah, he might have been following that uh, that big boy around, and now he's saying, "Hey, big boy's down. I'm the king now, I'm so I'm gonna go control. over there and get a few punches in while he's down." <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, he you, so, <clears throat> what what's you guys use the dead end game calls right? That's this right. That's kind of your favorite calls right now, right? Do you like uh, like what do you like better? Do you like read better? Do you like glass better, or it just the scenario depends on what you use.
2: Yeah, and and sometimes I will uh, use about every call in my bag on some particular days. And there's different uh, there's different strikers that you can use. And Dead End Game Calls actually has a, a striker that will work on slate or glass when it's wet. So you might go out and it'll be a little mist and rain. I, I personally am not going to do too much hunting in a downpour. But there's a lot of opportunity for drops of water to get on your slate or glass, and um, that they've got a striker for for that even, and it sounds great when it's wet. But um, uh, as far as, as far as my favorite call, I, I like their um, Batwing Two Mouth call. It when you listen to the pros' call, it, I just feel like me personally, it's it's the one that I could sound closest to the pros. And was that the one you were blowing or, or hitting right, earlier? Right, right.
1: Can you give us some sounds on that? What was that you were doing earlier? That was like a like a kind of a sh- shotgun sounding,
2: yeah. So that's a cutting. Uh, that's a cut on the calling. A lot of times you'll hear, a, um, you know, you try, you you'll do a cluck and then you'll roll into a yelp and then you'll do some, you'll do some uh, fast cutting and and that's when a hen's getting a little bit more excited. You might be trying to locate one you're gonna roll into some some cuts and yips, trying to get one to fire off and maybe it's a good locator call gotcha there was some, it sound. it sound. it wasn't
1: that though it was something else it was like a long drawn out yes yeah, that right there what is that i set
2: that fighting per oh okay just except yeah. with the mouth mm-hmm. call instead of on it mm-hmm
1: Can you do that, Travis? <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> See, I, 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 I kind of gag on those those yeah. mouth calls a little bit because yeah. I used to do elk, yeah, or, or tried to. <laughs> uh-huh. I can never do it. Just, just it takes. I think I, time. I could get used to it, maybe yeah. eventually. But
2: yeah, my dad does the same thing. He puts it in. He's like, just give me that uh, glass collar, <laughs> <there."> <laughs> Jeff. But, one other thing. Um, I
4: don't mean to interject here, but um. I've noticed on some of your videos where you guys have started using a turkey fan and and actually hiding behind that fan and moving right f- towards the gobbler and and I've seen people get really close with those things mm-hmm. and I haven't tried that out here. Um it's an interesting technique. Um but talk about that, it's something different and I, you guys use that back east or is that something you use midwest? It's
2: awesome. It's uh so we've got some friends over at the V7 Ranch in Northern New Mexico, and it's a tactic they they use uh, very successfully, and it's it's awesome, it's a, I mean it's just exciting. It's almost like the Super Bowl of turkey hunting when you can use that fan <laughs> and one come running into it. It's it's pretty amazing. It's, it's a lot more aggressive type of a deal, huh? I mean I don't I, I don't want to say any bad words in here, but it's like the Super Bowl. It would be to you guys, it would be like the Super Bowl of duck hunting. <laughs> that's uh, pretty good. I don't know if they agree with that. I mean, it's some, some hardcore. It's duck like hunters. the closed zone. <laughs> <laughs> These
3: are that's hardcore duck hunters right here. Oh man, that's but, a, yeah. That's a scoot and shoot, ain't it? No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that yeah. that actually what you're using that scooting shoot, or is that just something close so, to that?
2: Yeah, so you kind of you might spot a bird that hadn't come in. He's not being responsive. He's with some hens, and and you you break out the fan, and and obviously you're not just walking to him. You're kind of a scooting shoot like you're talking about. You might be kind of in some grass that's covering most of your body, and you're kind of hiding behind that fan, and you're just moving towards the turkey. And, uh, the first time I, I was involved with it in New Mexico, it was basically a flock of hend up toms out there. And we moved in, came up from a little Creek bottom, popped up about a hundred yards and, and started. He said, come on, get behind me. So I'm crawling behind him. And, um, and as soon as the bird lays eye, lays, laid eyes on him, they, here come two toms right at us. I mean, and they came in to shot him at 10 yards. What so, triggers awesome. in their mind that makes them so much more aggressive? Is it just because it's movement?
3: Or I think is it's it... because
2: they're like, who's this guy? Who's this single tom coming yeah. into, into our territory over here? We're going to go over here and run him out of, the, out of here because yeah. we got the ladies and they're ours and, and nobody's moving in. Yeah, you know, you remember doing that as a teenager. <laughs> 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 so it's
3: just it's just some unfamiliar tom that they want to go rough yeah, up, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, that's right. So so toms, you're saying there could be multiple toms with these hens. How how do they get bunched up, or I guess more than just one uh, tom in a group, and then you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How did, how does that
2: happen? You're like, why, why is there two or three Toms right. in, in a group? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's uh they're kind of trying to establish seniority, so to speak, and, and they're social birds. And, you know, if you see two or three Toms, normally there's going to be a – you might see all four of them strutting sometimes, but normally mm. there's going to be a dominant Tom dominant. there. And uh, I think that somebody might have a more scientific answer, but I think the other guys are just hanging out. You got kind of looking for waiting their turn. So one, to of, one of the ugly girls might kind of, just <laughs> out, when you know, <laughs> <looking>. <laughs> when, when big, big daddy's not looking. I'm just
1: surprised that they let him in there, you know, because yeah. like say elk hunting, it's the one, the mm-hmm. satellite bulls try to sneak in there every once in a while, but he, I mean, he's instantly kicking them out. Right. But like Thomas said, I've noticed that they're let, they're letting them hang out with them. I'm surprised they are doing
2: that. Yeah. You know? And what's amazing is I've seen, I've seen groups of Jake's run off single toms before Hmm. they'll team up and they'll run a tom off Hmm. and i yeah it took me a long time to realize that but if you're in if you're in a field and you've got a tom coming in you see a bunch of jakes coming you're like oh no this is getting ready to be over with so Hmm. um yeah but if you you know normally a tom would take on a jake any day uh one-on-one but for four or five of them a jake can they can take they can they can run him out Hmm. wow Amazing birds, and they have a mind of their own. That's for sure.
1: Hey, yeah, I've heard people say, "Oh, it's easy," and then on the same breath they're saying, "But it's really tough and frustrating." You know, yeah. it's like I guess, I guess it's like that way with things. It's it's different than waterfowl. It really is. It's yeah. it's a the scenario like you say in a perfect scenario sounds so easy. Yeah. How often does that happen? Yeah. Out of ten, let's say ten hunts.
2: You learn to appreciate those classic easy hunts that happen and you're, you're sitting at the breakfast place and in the, in the first hour because that doesn't happen every day Um, or else they call it killing, right. Instead of hunting and uh, it's definitely hunting. Now I'm not going to say there's guys not out there that, that that hunt two or three times a year and, and they kill a turkey. Every time they go, they might be in a, in a private spot that uh, the birds don't get any pressure and there's really good food sources and they watch them and they know what they're, they're on a really good pattern and, and they set up there every year and, and take a bird there every year. That definitely happens. Oh, yeah. But I think we're talking more <clears throat> on the, today on more of the pressure bird, yeah. more of an everyday situation yeah. like you guys are facing out here in, in, uh, in uh, California, the hills up here, a lot of public land. Uh, people riding the roads hitting calls and uh you know these turkeys are they get kind of smart and that's that's why you ride down the road and on these private places you see turkeys in a lot of people's yards oh yeah (laughs) i think that's a big part of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you were mentioning calls some of our favorite calls and things i talked to you about the mouth call and uh the slate call but uh you know i I always carry a box call too and we hit that yesterday because the box call you can really get down on it and just hammer and get really loud if the wind's blowing trying to cover some distance and a lot of times it's real high pitched and it can it can kind of pull out a a a shot gobble and locate one when they might not be answering that soft sweet calling so you get down on that box call and do some loud you know know, that loud cutting and, and yelping and you might can you might can hear one a mile off and and uh get a plan on him and get in the area and then get, hit yourself calling jeff um so let's say if you if you hear him in the morning and then they kind of you know
4: you're not successful in the morning and then you decide you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna stay out here i'm gonna hunt the afternoon mm-hmm. what's some tactics you use in the afternoon because what i've noticed is this year especially in the afternoon they they've kind of just shut up they think gobble on the roost like crazy they hit the ground and they just shut up and that can be frustrating and I, i've had certain scenarios where you know you sit in one place because you know the turkeys are there and then uh-huh. you know they kind of come back through there a little bit later in the afternoon when they've left the the hens and they're kind of like looking around again but what would you advise for the afternoon when they've kind of shut up you know think maybe we'll go with the shot gobble try to get something to, to gobble that way yeah um, i had a scenario this last weekend where we we seen the turkeys in the morning they flew down uh-huh. they shut up they headed the other way uh, we'd heard some turkeys behind us and we went to look for those. We didn't see those and you know, tried different things. Um, they never gobbled once, went back to look for the other ones and they were gone. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I don't know where those turkeys went. And um so it was kinda of frustrating, I guess. You know, I've hunted turkey hunting is not my passion, mm-hmm. waterfowl is, mm-hmm. but I like to turkey hunt and right. um haven't done it too much in the last couple of years and this year I kinda of got back into it. But um just a, a frustrating scenario for me where they just shut up. And yeah. I couldn't I you wouldn't even, if I didn't know, if I didn't see them that morning, I wouldn't even think there was a turkey within 100 miles. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. was frustrating.
2: Yeah. They know how to go underground, just, just kind of like a deer does uh, uh, on a lot of occasions. But uh, in the afternoon, one of the tactics I use, and and backing up a little bit, another tactic, if they're quiet in the mornings, um, you might have a lot of, if you've got a lot of ground to cover, I think that's a good tactic. If they're not talking, try to go out and, and get, get down on that boss call you might drive, you know, try every quarter of a mile and really get down. and Look for that one bird that, that because you might have, 99% of the birds might be quiet, but there's always a hot bird somewhere if you cover, cover enough ground. So you can stay out there all day if you want to. Absolutely. Yeah. Because guys know.
1: are, I, I hear a lot of guys talking about, oh, let's just, it's 10 o'clock, it ain't nothing going to happen now, let's just go home. But, I mean, you're saying there's no reason why you can't find that hot
2: turkey out there uh, a forester buddy of mine in low, low country of south carolina named josh jones he's got a lot of different small tracks that he can hit so when i'm hunting with him we're hunting early season a lot of times in that low country and they're not very vocal. So what we're trying to do is find that one hot bird. So we're covering a bunch of different tracks. We're not spending a lot of time. We're not sitting down waiting on them to come to us if they're not talking. We're going and hitting those calls, trying to get one to shot gobble, and uh, trying to find one that's, whose temperature has risen and is ready to uh, to speak the language. And then you know get back and getting back to your afternoon question. Um, a good tactic we use is is the same way. We cover a lot of ground and we're glassing maybe some open meadows or open fields. We're looking for some that's out there feeding because it does seem like they like to hit those fields, not only in the rain, but a a warm afternoon where the bugs are starting to come out uh, because typically the bugs are not out in the morning, but they can come out in those fields in the afternoon. So if you think of a place, uh, especially that might be near where some are roosting, then you can get out in the afternoon and see them out there feeding and eating the grass, eating those bugs that are uh, that have come out in the evenings. Gotcha. So that's kind of encouraging to me, though, because, I, like I said, I've heard that,
1: uh oh, nah, it's kind of done. But that's kind of encouraging. I mean, if you have the whole day to, that you're able to hunt, it's kind of nice to know that you can just stay out there and just – Yeah. I mean, if you've got the property to cover and to look around, I mean, why not stay yeah. out there and
2: – All of us boys here sitting here, I know, are working boys. And, hey, maybe the afternoon – might be the only chance we've got this week. If right. you go, that, right. that's all I'm going to have. Uh, you know, all week long. So you got to go when you can go sometimes. And, and there's tactics for every every portion of the day. And like I said, again, if you know kind of where they're roosting and you know some good feeding areas uh, that you can kind of glass and cover, or even maybe, maybe you've just got that one area and you've got that one roost area you know there's been some turkeys there there's a good field there and you've seen some turkey sign so you might just want to go set up there the last two or three hours of the day and and hope that it comes feeding through and you know kind of do a steel hunt like you would for deer yeah well one
1: more question uh what's your favorite are you putting a choke in an aftermarket choke or are you just sticking a straight choke from your you know from your gun your stock
2: yeah i definitely like using um uh, an aftermarket choke I use uh, the, the pure gold uh, pure gold choke for my Benelli Nova Benelli Nova has been a good gun for me I like the uh, I like the using a pump gun mm. um, I just feel like I can reach out there and, and touch them just a little bit more and we've had opportunities for some like we were talking earlier some of those 50 and 60 yard shots so I'm using the Benelli 12 gauge uh, three and a half inch shells uh, most of the time using number fives and uh, definitely an aftermarket choke uh, is is highly recommended, and and to get out there and shoot it and pattern that, um, and you can be successful with some longer distance shots.
1: That matters so much. I never, never until last year did I ever pattern my gun just mm-hmm. for you know just for waterfowl. Right. I would think to me it would be more important to do it for turkey because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want to know your distances and stuff like yeah. that, and you want it to be tight, honestly, but not blown out or whatever. But I was like you start shooting some stuff and you're like, I can't believe I was hitting anything with this <laughs> as bad as it's blown out or whatever, you know? Yeah. I still, I've tried some, we tried one choke out me and Thomas. Well, we, neither one of us were really too happy with it. I don't even remember what it was, but I might try again this next year, but for yeah. Turkey, I could definitely see myself wanting to, I could, I could see myself getting into that cause it's a little bit more accuracy and a little bit, mm-hmm. you're looking for that, mm-hmm. that pattern. Softball. Yeah. And you want to, Dude, how far can I do this? Not that I want to take no 70-yard shot, but I just want to know. Like you said, once you know what your shot's
2: doing, then you can feel confident in it like you were saying earlier. but I would definitely pattern that shotgun because uh, when, when Dad and I really got <laughs> – I started getting our feet wet and turkey hunting, we got our first aftermarket choke, and, and we, we said, oh, this is going to be – This is going to be gravy now. And I missed five turkeys that year because I didn't realize and didn't pattern the gun and realize that Mm. I was basically shooting a softball. At, uh, you know, a lot of our shots were 25, 30 yards. So. And it was just too tight if you weren't right just, on the money. Yeah, it was, it was just too tight, and I was shaking too much and too happy, and <laughs> it, it wasn't working. <laughs> uh, like, I'm going to be you, I finally get a chance. <laughs> I just thought you could just – I got a choke on it now. I can point and it' it's click. a shotgun, and <laughs> yeah. I can
1: just kind of nonchalantly just throw it up there, and it's yeah. done. Yeah, and that's yeah. what
2: I was doing, and so it wasn't working. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy.
1: So, so I, I appreciate you coming over, man and taking the time to share your knowledge with us. do not want to wear your voice out too much, but uh, yeah. you got anything pleasure. that you want to uh, shout out and kind of talk about, and kind of wrap this up and what you got going on right now. I know you got some stuff going on with, uh, I don't know, we, it could almost be a whole podcast, I'm sure, on what you got going on with the youth, but just kind of tell us, tell us ending this what you got going on and what your kind of future plans are with uh, the youth and hunting and stuff like that.
2: Well, first of all, I love it, and it's exciting to see what you boys are doing out here. You uh, you know, again, my wife's from here and, and married into to a, kind of like a brotherhood, and, and it's it's awesome for me to come out, and when I do come, get to hang out. And the main part, you know, one of the hugest parts of of Doing all this for me is is the fellowship, and all, the kill is the is the icing on top. Mm-hmm. Even though I've heard some old timers say, you know, uh, the cake's not that good without the icing. But uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm true. Uh, there's you know, some it, truth to that. The, little it, bit. Yes, the cake's pretty good, yeah. you know, by itself, and yeah. the, and the fellowship's awesome. And and you know, getting the kids and passing on the heritage has taken hunting the hunting experience and the outdoor experience to the next level. I would encourage anybody that's listening if you have not done that you owe it to yourself uh to to experience that rush and the adrenaline of having a kid and seeing that 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 whole experience happen through them that that has that you've experienced and and that's kept you going so that's uh that's that's what kind of keeps us uh going out there and keep keeps us taking the video cameras so we are uh, I would highly recommend you too, no matter where you're at in the country to get on cross Trail Outfitters website cto.org teamcto.org and see if there's a chapter near you and maybe you're an adult listening that say hey man I got some kids here that I would like to get involved uh, with this deal and I would like to even become an outfitter and, and, and be a mentor and start some start some activities here in my community. Then go to that website and check it out. You might even have a chapter that you can get involved with near you. But it's it's a growing organization that we're blessed to be a part of, and and we ran into that through uh, uh, being invited to a, a CTO event uh, by by being involved with Chasing Creation. So. Get involved, get kids involved. Uh, enjoy the fellowship. Enjoy the time out in the woods. And and we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep carrying the camera and, and carrying the kids. And and maybe we can maybe we can team up this week while we're here with with you fellas. And, That's the plan. You know we're doing it, guys. Yeah. Be ready. We're gonna we're
1: getting some film, whether something dies or not. We're gonna be getting some footage because whether it's coyote, hunting, I know we're gonna do some turkey hunting, and right? Yeah. stuff like that. But uh, no, it's I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, and, and listen, you know North Carolina has duck hunting, don't you? I do. Okay, well, you know, CTO and, 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 and the guys involved with that, I mean, there's some Lake Matamaskite, you've heard of uh-uh. It's a popular area down there, and, and Lake Phelps down there in that eastern flyway, and, you know, there's opportunities, obviously, from wood ducks all the way to some of the popper sea ducks right there, and, uh, the coast of uh, North Carolina, and my mom and family is from Morehead City. So hey, we're we're trying to. We're, I'm just trying to work out a duck hunt while we're sitting here talking about turkeys. <laughs> I'm down, man. I'm telling you, me
1: and Tons been traveling, starting to travel. So
2: yeah, we have
3: uh,
2: <laughs>
1: traveling's not a not an issue. No, and we we were. Our wives might be getting on to us for a book and Our more. Our marriage and, might be yeah. an issue. Well, <laughs> see, I've got about five trips I plan on taking, but I don't think I'm going to take but two of them, three of them, maybe.
2: Well, the good thing is your guys' wives grew up with my wives, so they can come yes, stay see? at the house. and Go shop till they do, drop. Do their frou-frou stuff. And, <laughs> and, and Get their cappuccinos. <laughs> and go and their
1: go sh- to Marshall's and Target.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. there marshals in Turkey there? Cuz oh, if there yeah. is then we're fine.
2: We're on we're out in the country, but we're kind of on the edge of town and <laughs> you know, we can, they can stay occupied. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Stay
1: busy it. Travis, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: been trying to get him to come. I, yeah, I, know. I know. Maybe if you guys come in we'll pull in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to
4: fly five people on an airplane that isn't that's not very inexpensive.
2: That's
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not in the pocket <laughs> but very good, but Guys, guys,
3: we're going to start a GoFundMe
1: page for Travis. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and tuning in today. If you guys are on iTunes, give us five stars. Write a review. Tell us what you think, what you like, what you don't like, whatever it may be. Hope you guys enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed this today, Jeff. You enlightened me in a lot of different stuff. That was, it's I love this podcast because we're just sitting around talking just like yeah. we do. We're just basically sitting yeah. in the office right now, hanging back, chilling, drinking some sweet tea, some water, some coffee, whatever, but um, having a good time of fellowship, but also learn some stuff because I have a lot to learn, and uh, I'd say uh, Jeff Bryant's a good guy to learn from, so I appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I know it's going to help a lot of people too because, like I said, a lot of people are waterfowlers, but a mm-hmm. lot of people, we like to hunt. Absolutely. That's why I said we're, we're out here to hunt. Mm-hmm. I was saying on the video the other day, I was like, man, my, Sarah said, how – can you go hunting that much? How do you want to go? I said, because 'Cause I'm a dude. I'm a guy. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what I was born. I was I was born to do that. So, what I was born to do. Yeah. Man. So guys, check us out. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Follow the channel. Whatever you're if you're on Spotify, if you're on iTunes, whatever you guys are listening to on. Uh, stay tuned. We got we're dropping episodes every single week. Uh, great, great. And in fact, I didn't even have this planned. I didn't even have this in my mind be able to do this so it was really great to have this work out and we got a lot more great guests coming on and uh really enjoyed the time uh talking and uh check us out on mid Valley mercenaries on youtube also we're on instagram facebook also check jeff out and what's your guys's what's you might have a couple different ones
2: yes chasing creation on facebook instagram uh youtube hunt channel carbon gen seven any of those streaming platforms for some of our uh, first couple seasons but yeah look on there and uh you know you might see a deer and turkey you won't see too many ducks but you guys uh you love bird hunting so get out there and chase a turkey man let's do it yeah
1: that's a wrap folks we'll see you next time